Welcome back to the Romans Empire podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. Yikes. It seems that every week, Chelsea fans hit a new low. And uh, this week was no different. A wasteful performance on a day that was overshadowed by the outpouring of love and support for Ray Wilkins. The story seems to say the same as we drew against a truly crap, emphasis on the crap, West Ham side, who bunkered down and grinded out a point thanks to the man all Chelsea fans hate, Chicharito, who became the second highest scorer ever against Chelsea in the league with West Ham's first shot on target in the 73rd minute. A wasteful front three of Murata, Hazard, and William worked tirelessly to create chances, but struggled to find the back of the net. Is this going to be the same Chelsea we see for the rest of the season? Are these results justified? Or is it just a case of the players not fulfilling their potential as a team? And should Conte rotate the side heading into the Southampton match? All those questions answered here on this week's episode of the Romans Empire podcast. How you doing, Sam? Uh, I don't I don't even know if I care anymore. Let's be completely honest. I I feel like I've I've lost like that will um and just you know like it, i'm not i'm no longer disappointed and no longer surprised by the way that we play i think it's just i've just become used to it and become numb you know yeah and you know what i actually tweeted that out right after the match was over <laughs> i tweet I, I don't know the exact tweet that i tweeted out because i was just caught up in, in emotion <laughs> yeah. yeah but but basically like i'm numb too and that's i it's guess kind of that's a bad a sad thing. part it's, it is pretty bad is you that you know what sucks is when your two favorite sports teams that you support both suck at the same time and you just have nothing going for you in life. Yeah, literally. Nothing's to support. You take this whole like negative outlook on life itself <laughs> in general and you just realize like how much of a waste yeah. of oxygen you are. Yeah, you just have like you just have like this gray shadow, like this cloud above your head where it's just like, oh my god, what is like what do you just have like you don't have a will to live at all. <laughs> but None. Zach None Zach, let me let me give you a number, okay? Okay. 12 all right 12 mm-hmm. uh, i gave you a number last week uh you weren't able to figure it out maybe you'll, you'll be able to figure it out this week do you know what that number represents zach 12 12 12 give me is it uh the number of points we picked up since the new year 12 points in 11 freaking matches I, I didn't want to cuss right now but it's like it's not even <laughs> it's, not even, it. it's not even Do worth it. it it's not even worth it like, like honestly like it's 11 matches in 2018 it's april zach it's april i mean I, I just i really don't care anymore zach like i just want the season to end so i can be put out of my misery of being a chelsea fan like it hurts it hurts so much to see liverpool's success in europe and uh roma being able to pull off that comeback win against barca like, like, why couldn't we do that, man? Like, we're not worse than Roma. Like, I, I, I put us at par with Liverpool as well. Like, how come? Why, why is it that those teams are able to have success in Europe, but we are just sitting on the sidelines, knocked out of Europe, and just being just completely disappointed in in our domestic games as well? What, like, I, why is that, Zach? I think, I think the one word that could answer that question is balls. Yeah. I think those teams have balls. Yeah, we're they just, don't. They we're don't feel flaccid, sorry for man. themselves. We're just flaccid. Yeah, we gotta pump some Viagra in, in our team, but I think <laughs> at this point it's a little too late. I mean, there's nothing uglier than a flaccid, right? Yeah, and that, that's exactly. I think I think if you could describe the whole season in one word, 
I think I would I would use flaccid as def- that's definitely the word because that's I'm uh, I, that's how I feel right now. I like that word. I, I yeah. it, not only is it funny to say, but it's totally applicable. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's completely I com- appropriate. I completely understand. Like when I think of the word flaccid, I just think of Bakioko against Watford. <laughs> I think just totally flaccid. Yeah, I think I got. I have to say, I mean, it's not it's not very often that I'm I'm jealous of Liverpool fans. But man, do I envy them right now? I am so jealous. I mean, this, the success that they've had in Europe and just like the team that they're able to put together. I mean, I think oh. obviously the main difference is is the managers that they that, that they have like ours again balls. Oh yeah, the yeah, has the, the biggest balls in England. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and Antonio I mean, Conte I, just says his balls have been snipped this season. He's not. He has not been. Uh, the same kind of guy he was last year. He's been neutered. He's been neutered. Oh my god. Neutered. He got, he got, uh, he got a he got a vasectomy. Yeah, like <laughs> a yeah. In, in footballing terms, I, I completely agree. Like, here's the thing: it. I was watching the Liverpool match, and mm-hmm. he makes Klopp specifically. Like, I, I I might get absolutely crucified for this, but it's so hard not to have some sort of affection for him. Just because of, I mean, if you're a football fan in general, how do you not like what he's doing at Liverpool? And like, I know it's a Chelsea podcast. I know there's going to be a lot of diehard fans here that are going to say, fuck Liverpool, <laughs> fuck Klopp. Yeah, fuck Liverpool. Yeah. But God damn, Klopp is a great manager. And, and but the, still, fuck the funny Liverpool. thing is you could say that, like, you would, you know, last season, I'm sure Liverpool fans and all other fans were saying the same exact thing as Antonio Conte and Chelsea. Just how he was able to, you know, turn this team around, you know, after the, the abysmal season we had the year before and uh you know win win the champ i mean win sorry win the premier league and you know just his emotions um i think you could death like last year that's what people were talking about the exact same thing that we're saying about klopp um yeah but at the same at the same time though klopp got handed the checkbook personally Like Klopp signs off on the checks, I feel mm-hmm. like. It, he goes out and he buys whatever fucking player he wants. And Antonio Conte gives him a short list and winds up with guys like Davide Zappacosta, who's <laughs> not first, second, third, or fourth choice on the list. Yeah, and Danny Drinkwater, who's been complaining about his lack of playing time, even though Rightly he's, he's, so. He, yeah. He has a right, though. Yeah. He totally has a right to do that because Fabregas can't be playing in a pivot all the time. It's cra- it, I think it's insane. I think like players like... Fabregas and um, Victor Moses, like you know, the, you you talk about this a lot about the the need for competition for these players. I don't think I don't think Fabregas or Moses have any fear of losing their starting spots. Like they really don't. Like you know, the, like why would, they play, they're playing like it? Yeah, of course. I mean, you, it, it shows. Like there's no one who's gonna like. Cost, I mean, Conte is gonna start Fabregas in all of our big games and all of the important matches. Um, for I don't know what reason I don't know what he sees in it. Um, he's he's being very strong-minded and you know just not not being able to change his mind, you know, not be able to change his tactics throughout the game, you know, like in the middle of the game. But um, it's 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 pretty sad, man. I gotta say uh, because he doesn't give a shit anymore. Yeah, yeah. I I think like because I, I didn't know about the the buyout clause or the well the turning early termination clause was it nine million something like that yeah um, for the fire and that makes that makes hundred percent complete sense like 
he he knows, and I think all the players know that the only reason why he's still sticking around is because they don't want to pay him that money. And it makes so much sense now. Like I think that just is just the story of our season, and I think we can just write off the rest of it as um, Antonio Conte not giving a shit about the team and knowing that you know. I mean, like if if you know you're gonna you're gonna you're gone at the end of the season, and there's literally nothing for him to prove, like. Like what? 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 What reason does he have to try to make our team win? Like, what he about has what none. about pride? Dude, what about any sort of pride? He doesn't care whatsoever. Man. He he he's. I think I don't know. I mean, we, he already won. He already won the Premier League last year. He 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 has that in his uh his his uh that accolade to his name. Yeah, on his resume. But you know, he doesn't have to try anymore. It's it's already gone, obviously. But you know, it it he's. I don't know. I think I think we should just start. Like, let's just get into this game. Um, get it over with. Yeah, let's get into it. Because <laughs> I mean, you know, I think it was just it was just a very odd. It, it was it was odd yet um, more of the same. I have to say, because um, we, we did look we looked really lively in the first half, and you know that is something that we have been struggling with um, starting the game hot, but you know. This is just the same thing over and over again, creating a ton of chances in the final third, uh, just being incredibly wasteful in front of the goal. Just, I mean, Zach, what, what did you make of it? It was one of the most unusual performances I've ever seen because the team didn't look as if they necessarily gave up or that they didn't try. I actually thought it was the opposite, especially in the first half. Um, and I think the whole Ray Wilkins tragedy and, you know, the the somber occasion that it was um, and he, the added fact that we had to bounce back from the Spurs match with mm-hmm. another London Derby is just it's an odd mixture, isn't it? You know, we're coming off one of the most disappointing losses of the season, if not the most disappointing loss of the season, straight into another London Derby. And then you jumble the whole Ray Wilkins thing on top of that. And it's just. In terms of the performance, it just wasn't good enough. And I I know it's a cop out and it's a cheap excuse and you know, but if you think that, uh, fuck you because that that <laughs> that's the facts. I mean seriously, <laughs> look, we we had sixty percent possession, we created twenty three chances, only six of them on target. That means twenty six percent of our total shots were on target out of twenty three total chances, and we only netted one. Here's another stat for you. Mm-hmm. We had 50, 50, as in 5-0, touches okay. in West Ham's box. Oh, my God. So if we're going to go by stats and the visual product, yes, we were lively. And yes, we created some chances, but we were incredibly wasteful. We weren't good enough on the day to take all three points, especially against a shit West Ham side. And one thing that's evident and I think that we need to discuss is a lack of adaptation and a lack of change within the side. And I mean, you alluded to this, why Conte just has absolutely zero creativity and zero adaptability and why he puts out the same fucking lineup every single time. It doesn't work. Why does Sesk keep getting deployed in a midfield pivot? He's useless there. And it's not a knock on Sesk by any stretch because I think he's brilliant in a three. 
Mm-hmm. And we all know the magic he has when the ball's at his feet. But it's just common sense. He doesn't have the legs to play there. You're overworking in Golo Conte. And you're, that midfield gets bypassed so easily. And I, I think it was Jonathan Kidd on the, on the fan cast said something about we're the first team to make Mark Noble look like Franz Beckenbauer. <laughs> and, and, and it's completely true. Mark Noble looked like a world beater against us. And, and it's pathetic. Look. It's not only the fabricasting. I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Why are we still playing a back three without Christensen or, or Luis? Gary Cahill cannot play in the center of that back three. I love Gary Cahill. I hate giving him slack because I think he's – I think at the end of the day he's a club legend. But at the same time, he cannot be playing in that middle. There's no balance when Gary Cahill is playing in the middle of the back three. Why not play with a four? Mm-hmm. Why not slide Dave out to the right, Alonzo on the left? And play Cahill and Rudy in the middle. I don't understand why we can't adapt to this. Why we have to play this fucking 3-4-3. Why we have to keep playing guys like Victor Moses. Why we have to keep playing Fabregas in the middle. Why he can't adapt to the squad that's available to him on a given day. And it's not the first time he's ever done that. I mean, we've seen him play Fabregas in, in, in that pivot time and time again. I mean, we... Against in both Barca legs, we're trying to play defensive football against Barcelona, and he starts Fabregas at home. And I know people are gonna go out there and say, yeah, 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 we should go and we should attack them and we should go for it. Fuck it, go for it. No, playing Barcelona, you gotta win that midfield. We did not win the midfield battle. Yes, it was a great performance on the day, but it could have been better. You know, I'm 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 gonna draw I'm gonna draw a little bit of comparison to basketball because, um, you know, like the way like the NBA used to be used to be dominated by big men, and then you see the you know the small ball revolution where like you know they play with a lot of small guys playing at center, yeah. and you know that that revolutionized the sport, and it's it's completely different. Everyone is doing that now, and I think Antonio Conte thinks that he's trying to revolutionize the way soccer is played. By you know employing a three four three, you know you see you seen like it, it it had immediate success when it when it was deployed in Juventus and when he brought it over to Chelsea it had immediate success um, and I think a lot of teams did catch on um, and I think that there was a little bit of speculation that that was going to revolutionize the way that soccer is played um, but that that quickly die down and you look at the top teams in the world um they're still playing with four back um i'm 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 gonna disagree with you Sam. i i think i think he's largely responsible for the reason that tottenham played a back three when when they all have all their center backs healthy i think they're a huge reason why uh teams like watford and teams like west ham um teams like Everton in the beginning of the season all those teams play with three center backs now and and okay. yeah he, i mean well, he but, has revolutionized it in if you're looking at the concept and you're looking at the theories and you're looking at the way a back 3 should function if you're looking at it from that perspective it works and it's very very um Zach, I I said the top clubs in the world, and you listed uh, Everton and uh, and uh, I don't know no, what no, other no. teams it, you listed. It, it, but it, it, of course, teams are going to use it. But I'm talking about if you take a look at the top clubs in the world: Bar- Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern, 
Um, Man City. I mean, Man City. Uh, Man City played three back both legs against against Liverpool, and they got destroyed. Uh, well, and here, and it's just it's like I really don't think that it's it's here to stay. It's 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 gonna. I think it's a fad. Um, to be completely honest, and I think it's it's died down. I mean, obviously, there's teams that are still experimenting with it. Um, because it is it is a fun it's a fun formation because it does give you a lot more firepower to work with, especially if you have solid or quality wing backs, but we don't. Um, or a quality uh midfield, and we don't. So I mean, it 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 just it doesn't make sense for the personnel. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here just for the sake of argument because I think this is a this is a pretty good talking point to just bring up. You mentioned Bayern. You mentioned Real Madrid. I mean, you could throw in Barcelona, Juventus, Atletico. Mm-hmm. Um, forgive me if I'm missing any major teams. I mean, United, uh, PSG. Now, mm-hmm. you look at all those teams and you look at the way they play. You know exactly how they're going to line up every single match. Those are teams with identities. They have an identity. Real Madrid has an identity. Gung ho. <laughs> that that's their identity. They go for it. Every single match, without worrying about defensive consequences. And you know what our, you know what our identity you look at teams, is? Our identity you, you, is, is shit. That's our identity. That's, that's exactly my point. Though. <laughs> I mean, you look at teams like Juventus. You know for a fact they're going to be defensively solid, incredibly organized. You look at teams like Bayern Munich. You know they're not going to give the ball away. You know they're going to dominate possession. They're going to be organized as well. You look at teams like Barcelona. You know that they're going to win the midfield battle every single time. I mean, you look at all the big teams in world football, they have identities and identities that have been there since day one. I mean, these are, it's not a secret that Real Madrid is is the best counterattacking team in Europe. It's not a secret that Barcelona is the best possession team in Europe. Mm-hmm. It's not a secret that Juve and Atletico are always the best defensive teams in Europe. Th- those aren't secrets. Where's Chelsea's identity gone? In 2003, when Roman bought the team, he, he we started bringing in big name players. We started bringing in superstars. And that's the key. Superstars, proven European footballers, 90% of the time were world-class. Those are the players that you're bringing in. The Lampards. I mean, obviously at the time Lampard wasn't proven, but look what he turned into. We were bringing in players like Aryan Robin, Michael Ballack, Claude Makaleli. We're bringing in players like Ricardo Carvalho, mm-hmm. Peter Cech, Drogba, Anelka. You're looking at all these quality footballers, robust, physical, grinded out, full of heart. I mean, I know it's cliche. I know what I'm saying is cliche, but that is Chelsea's identity. Chelsea's identity was that arrogant style of football mm-hmm. where we would go out and we'd say, we don't give a fuck who you are. We're going to disrupt the play. We're going to knock some heads around. We're gonna we're gonna hit you on the counter. We're gonna be extremely clinical. That was Chelsea's identity, and we completely lost that. And it just seems like now, you know, I hate to bring this up because he's United's manager now. But like it goes back to Mourinho's old philosophy of you know having a back line that was a that 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 had a average of six feet in their you know in their back line all their all their defenders would have an average of 6 feet in height and like it goes down to that sort of math and that's the reason why Mourinho was so successful he had physical robust teams he had teams that wouldn't break down and right now i look at i look on the pitch i mean 
I don't know where I heard this, but this is not my idea. Um, but it's a good, it's a good talking point. You look at the Tottenham match. We didn't have one fucking yellow card. Yeah, I mean, like that could, In that, a derby. That could that could mean a lot of things. I mean, it could mean either a that we're playing clean or b we're not playing with heart. Um, we're not and playing I think with it's heart. A yeah, I think it's I the latter. See if one of my players gets the crap kicked out of him, I want to see five maybe six other players surrounding that guy shoving him around take a fucking yellow card for it stand up for him we don't see that i remember there was a point in the tottenham game i mean i mean obviously i was there so i saw victor moses get kicked at one point and he's lying on the floor and and, he, and he's grabbing his leg or his knee wherever, wherever he felt dele alley studs at the time because dele alley's a cunt not one chelsea player went up to dele alley and gave him a piece of their mind not one None whatsoever. And it's just it's, – it, it's, it's honestly a tragedy to me. I mean you go back to last season, and this is the last time I could remember someone standing up for their teammate. You remember at the end of the Man City game where David Luiz got the crap kicked out of him by Aguero and Seth Fabregas got, got uh, pushed over the stands and, and, mm, and, and yeah, his yeah. whole brawl broke out at the end of the game? Yeah. Who was the player – that stood up for Cesc Fabregas. Was was Who it was Diego Costa? Was it Chaloba? <laughs> Chaloba. Oh my god! Those are the players we're selling. My but god! You look at Chaloba's background. He's Chelsea. Yeah, through and through for sure. He's a youth product. He loves the club. The club's his family. We don't have players like that. And you know, Aspi scored at the weekend, and and, and you know, and I know Aspi's blue through and through. I mean, I mean, that's not up for debate. Maybe guys like Rudiger now are starting to step into that mold as well. But who else on that field could you say would do that? Would you see Hazard doing that? Would you see Murata doing that? Cesc Fabregas, maybe, sometimes, if you poke him the wrong way. What about Moses? Nobody on the – the one that really gets me is Courtois. You don't see that passion that fire that will that the 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 will to to say fuck you to other teams when you want to we don't do that we back down we crawl back into our shells it's embarrassing our identity is completely gone so going back to your point those teams are great because they have identities in place and they've and and, and they've managed to maintain their identities and that's why that's why their history is what it is that's why Juve is one of the greatest clubs in the world. That's why Real Madrid keeps winning the Champions League time and time again. That's why Barcelona never seems to suck. Mm-hmm. You look at I mean, those it, teams; they it, have identity. It wasn't. It wasn't necessarily like addressing my exact question, but, you, but what you're saying is 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 also a fantastic point. I mean, we we don't have that same identity that we had right now, and I think it has to do a lot with how much turnover we go through as far as like our manager. Um, you know, we just a very inconsistent team. Um, you know, when, we're, when we keep on switching who our manager is and how we're run, um, you can't keep. You know, you can't form an identity that lasts for years. You know, it switches. It switches over time. Um, Maybe it goes down to. Um... I mean, obviously, Emanalo was a technical director, but maybe the technical director needs a little bit more. They need more say in 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 what the club can and can't do. I mean, can't, I'm, can't purchase. I'm sure they. And, and, I mean, and technical director for sure has a say in that. I know, I know they do. But here's the thing: is I mean, we had Emanalo as a technical director. He's gone. 
And the thing is, bri- sorry that, to cut you off, but like yeah. we 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 can't even comment as to what he did or what he hasn't done because we don't know anything about exactly. what 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 the how the board operates, who makes decisions. You know, I think whether we don't really know who makes a decision <laughs> at the end of the day, but I think I think a combination of the divorce, mm-hmm. the stadium rebuild, and now you know everything that's going on with Russia. Yeah. I think Abramovich has other things on his mind. I think Chelsea's secondary to him this year. And I think, I think that's a huge reason why Conte is still the manager. I've when when, when have we seen a manager suffer this much without getting put down? I mean, it has, it's, it's the clause as well, the 9 million or whatever. Yeah, but but we paid Mourinho's clause. Yeah. But but of course, with the divorce, but the divorce is, is, is adding a toll. I don't know. Well, well, you know that that's that's another that's a, that's an interesting talking point. But uh, I think I think it's I think it's something that we should revisit in the future, especially after the yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. I, I want some time to think about that. But let's. I'd like to get back to this game real quick because you did kind of talk about um in right before we we got off topic how you know it was it, you know like the team didn't look as if they necessarily gave up or didn't try and. I don't think that really our team has has looked like that this season. It's just been like the same same game over, like you know, same thing game after game. We create a bunch of chances. We don't finish on any of them. Make a single defensive mistake after playing well for most of the match. Concede off that single mistake and then end up losing or or drawing in this case. Um, I mean, twenty three shots to West Ham's five shots. And the game still ended one to one. I mean, if that's if there's any indication of how shit our season or how how shit our finishing has been this season, there you go. I mean, you, you could you could probably pull up the stats for ninety five percent of our matches in which we we you know drew or lost. I mean, even even the ones that we won, we probably dominate them as far as shot count, and we just we just can't be clinical. I don't know. I mean, it seems like like we like you know like just the players that we have it seems like they'd much rather pass the ball into the goal than take a shot i mean i mean i think the only player who's really taken like you know shots the outside of the box or anything like that has been marcos alonso and he he you know like you just look at the talent that we have and he can't be that guy oh and william as well william has been has been you know a, a guy who's been taking a lot of shots but i think we just a lot of our players are just too passive and then when they do get that chance, they're in a weird spot where, you know, they don't have a right angle and just, we haven't been clinical, man. Um, and, you know, I, I really, I, I, I don't have much to say more without, you know, being repetitive. You know, our listeners deserve more to, than to be, you know, subjected to the same repetitive BS week after week of, you know, how shit we are. Um, so, I mean, but, you know, some, a player that I thought that actually looked a lot better than, than I expected was Murata. Um, his his movement off the ball was phenomenal, you know. And oftentimes he got himself into really good attacking positions. Um, he it was something that he hasn't done before. He's you know he's helped us retain possession as well as you know linked up linked up well with uh you know with William Hazard next to him. Um, and he had two offsides goals. Um, really frustrating. Um, one of them was just so close. It was like his chest was offsides, but you know, again, yeah, just, it was, just it was a matter of inches. Wasn't yeah, it? But, just, but the ref it, got it right. Yeah, well, it was the right call. Um, but you know, it just wasn't his day. And um, you know, I think I think 
the fans, uh, their reaction on Murata's performance was interesting. Um, you know, because last week, you know, you specifically basically just shit on him uh, for being extremely lazy. But where do you stand on this game compared to the, the Spurs match last week? I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. He did do everything right in this game except scoring goals. and Or onside I goals at it, least. <laughs> yeah, or, or onside goals for that matter. But, you know, I, I thought his game wasn't amazing, but it was decent at the very least. And it's it's a huge improvement what we from what we saw um, in the Spurs performance. Um, but he didn't score. And that's something that the team absolutely needs at the moment. Um, I think this, I think the performance in general summed up what type of striker Murata really is at the moment. Um, I'm not saying that he's going to be this way the rest of his career, but at the moment, he's not the type of striker to get us 25 goals a season like Costa did. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll chip in here and there, and, and, and that's without a doubt, because he does get himself into, into great positions to score. Um, but I just don't get the sense that he's going to be incredibly prolific um, in the mold of a top class or a top five center forward. Um, so it's easy to it's 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 I think it's fair to say that we overpaid a lot for him. You think? I mean, ba- based on the product we've seen this year, yes. But at the same time, um, I've always been a huge advocate for Murata in in saying that you can't judge a player based on his first season in the league especially with a season and a squad as unstable as this one. I think uh, I think the real way to judge Murata would be to have the same conversation at the end of next season. Um, I think once we get a manager in that knows a more um, efficient way to utilize him, um, and, and also he has to get used to the physicality of the league. He has to get used to the pace still. He still gets injured a lot because he hasn't played that many that many games um it was 70 something prior to this season so there's still a lot of potential to be filled by Murata and based on what we've seen this season I mean we know his movement in the box is is as good as anybody but um it's it's a lot of the other things that might not show up on the stat sheet that he does need to work on, like hold-up play, mm-hmm. um, like staying on his feet and dealing with physicalities, dealing with those rough uh, and, and burly center backs, because it's not like Spain where everybody's a ball-playing lightweight center back. I mean, you're playing against you know guys like Ryan Shawcross and Wes Morgan and um, you name it, any of those big burly mid-to-lower-table center halves that are going to push you around and just out-muscle you as their way of defending. He has he has a lot to get used to, but going back to what I said, there's a lot of potential to be fulfilled. Maybe maybe he can be world class in the future. Um but based on what we've seen this season, um there's really no evidence that it's going to be anytime soon. So I think revisiting this next season and seeing what kind of um what kind of goal scoring output he could do he he could provide us is going to be absolutely massive. And who knows? I mean, maybe the next manager comes in and decides to play with two strikers. Then I think Morata's going to easily bang in 20 goals a season because, I mean, if you just imagine the way Michi's playing now. Yeah, I was about to say, maybe, to I, was, I was literally about to say, maybe we should loan Morata out to Dortmund and maybe that, that'll get that'll, Michi back. Yeah, or no, just that'll get Morata going. <laughs> 
Yeah, right? I yeah. Mean, it seems like uh it seems like yellow has the magic touch. I'm really glad that the that the away kit next year is going to be yellow. So now when we bring Michi back, he, yeah. he's going to score You'll feel right a ridiculous home. amount of goals. <laughs> yeah, return I, of I, batsman. I I think I mean it's I think it has it ha- like it it has to say something about the way Conte's been, been managing this team with, with uh the way Baki I mean <laughs> Bakioko the way that Michi has pretty much just blown up as far as the way he's been playing um there's a reason why I've always been on his nuts um I mean we, we always argue about on it with Michi. I mean dude uh, you you see it I, I have no idea what to make of him man it's 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 it was it's a very confusing situation As a striker, uh, I'm, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put the blame all on Quentin now um watch him win the golden boot in the world cup then you're gonna eat your words <laughs> Actually, I hope I'll, he does I hope, that. I hope he does that too. Yeah, uh, that that would be amazing. So then that, all of a sudden he turns into 150 million. We sell him the Real Madrid and then bring in uh uh Ashley Barnes from Burnley, huh? <laughs> or Andy Carroll? Yes, Andy Carroll. What 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 do you what is he? He's he's shit, right? He's a shithead. Shithead, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so let's uh speaking of <laughs> speaking of shitheads, um. Eden Hazard was kind of a shithead, I think, uh, in the second <laughs> half of this match. Nice transition. Yeah, because he... 39 podcasts in. <laughs> You're getting the transitions long, now. Took me that long to get the uh, get a hang of it. But, um, you know, it's, 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 it's been... he's It's not just his poor form, because he, he has been in poor form lately. You know, I'll admit it. Um, I mean, as far as goal scoring goes, uh, he created a lot of... He created chances in the first half. Um Struggled to get his shooting boots on yet again, um, but just looked completely mentally checked out in that second half and uh, looked like he was like just unusually frustrated. Um, what do you make of it, Zach? I'm glad he was frustrated because he should have been, if I'm going to be completely honest. I mean, as a player, my only two real criticisms of Hazard and the reason why I never considered him in the same class as the Ronaldos and the Messis and the Neymars of the world is because of his lack of ruthlessness and his lack of leadership on the pitch he lacked both in this West Ham game and 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 it's uh it epitomized him as a player he he could literally do whatever the fuck he wants when the ball's at his feet but he can't consistently put it in the back of the net he passed up multiple shooting opportunities to mm-hmm. feed uh his teammates why is he doing that i get it yeah you you want your teammate to score a goal but if you smell blood, you got to eat. And that's exactly what we're seeing Ronaldo do, in, 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 especially in the Champions League. You, you see guys like Messi. They don't they don't pass up shooting opportunities. They're ruthless. They score a lot of goals for a reason. It's not be, They're not all tap-ins. Mm-hmm. If they see an opening, they take it. And Hazard just doesn't do that. It's, it's actually – it's kind of embarrassing, like how good he is, and, and 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 you know you watch him on TV and you see that he's so fucking talented, and it's just you just leave something to be desired. And and going to my second point about you know the lack of leadership on the pitch. Yes, I get it. He he's Belgium's captain, um, and and he is one of the more tenured players on the team now, but. We've been lacking a leader ever since JT left, and oh, yeah. yeah, we have Dave, and yeah, we have Gaza, but we don't have that leader by example on the pitch, and, and, and Hazard needs to do that. 
he needs to be an example with his play, with his desire, with his willingness to win. Um, and, and what irritated me at the weekend was the fact that he was getting frustrated and angry and not doing a fucking thing about it. And him throwing his arms up in the air and his shoulders dropping. And as a Chelsea fan, it's demoralizing. I mean, what I'm looking at it from my selfish perspective as a Chelsea fan and saying like, fuck, man, he, he's done. He mentally checked out of the game. He, he's done. What does that do to his teammates? You see your best player basically looking hopeless on the pitch. How are you supposed to step up? How are you supposed to muster up the the will to 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 put in a shift or to put in a performance or make the extra five yard sprints or to 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 make the extra lunge on a challenge to pick up a yellow card to 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 have one of your teammates backs to to sacrifice your body? I mean, it eliminates all of that. It, it takes all of that off the table when you see your best player throwing hissy fits like that on the pitch. And I know it's not it's not a criticism I have of Hazard a lot. Um, in terms of him, you know, losing his head and getting frustrated, because to be honest, he doesn't. And fair play to him for that. But this match was just—it was so blatantly obvious, and, and 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 mostly because he started out so brightly, and and he started out penetrating and creating chances and and just causing havoc for the West Ham back three. But in the second half, he just—it was gone. You know, it's to be world class. You can't decide when and when you don't want to play. You know, he has to be on it all the time to be considered one of the greatest Chelsea players ever. And I know he's, I mean, it's for me at least, him and Zola are, are easily the two most naturally gifted Chelsea players to ever play. But wow. for me at this point in time, he, he's not even close. I mean, he, he's miles away from being the best Chelsea player ever. And we okay, need to yeah. see better goal scoring output and we need to see better. We need to see a better um, attitude on the pitch in terms of leadership. I think that's a great way to put it, um, that he's probably uh, the most naturally gifted, if not you know, one of the best, maybe most naturally gifted player Chelsea's ever seen. But definitely, no, not not the even close to being one of Chelsea's best players ever. And I think the fact that you know we talk about him as being one of the top players um, in the Premier League right now, and you know him supposed to be our best player and he doesn't even net 20 goals in this season he might not even get to 15 goals this season is a shame it's just a, it's just a shame man um, son hyung min has more goals in the league than yeah, he has art this season he does he does um yeah. that that is yeah he has he has the same amount of goals as glenn murray on brighton hove <laughs> and glenn murray is uh old enough to be Eden's dad isn't he <laughs> Yeah, I mean, seriously, the 30, it's yeah, just, it's 30, 34 years old. <laughs> it's just, it, it's Glenn fucking Murray. Glenn yeah. Murray. Yeah, what, when are we going to talk about him on this on this show? I mean, dude, I, are, are you okay with Europa League next season, Zach? I, mean, I, th- I, I, I no. You're not okay with it? completely honest. No, no. And, I mean, I, I, I'll understand why the club goes for it because, yeah, I mean, you do get extra prize money finishing higher up the table and – and, you know, it, it, yes, it is another trophy to fight for. And maybe I'm a hypocritical because I'm a big advocate of fighting and winning every trophy that's available to us. Um, but I, I could give a rat's ass about the Europa League, to be completely honest. It, someone tweeted at me and was like, oh, you know, um, it, it, really not looking forward to those Thursday night games. And I said, yeah, I mean, 
Thursday <laughs> night in Luxembourg. What could be better than that? You know, it's just it's a. Uh... But we're we're for sure going to be in Europa League next year. Like we, I mean, just thinking, just like considering the fact that you know Premier League they have three spots in the Europa League. Uh, the winner of the Carabao Cup, who's going to be who was Man City, and they're going to be in Champions League. So that spot. Uh, it's going to be five and six for sure are going to be making Europa League. And then um, winner of the FA Cup. FA Cup. Yeah, if it's going to be either. I mean, if it's not going to be us, I mean, it's probably not going to be. It's either going to be uh, who is it? it's Man United and Tottenham, right? Those are the other two teams. Um, and yeah. yeah, so and both those two they're teams are going to be top four as well. So we need to finish. I mean, if if. Like, let's say, I mean, if there's the slight chance that Southampton somehow uh, wins uh, wins the FA Cup, then we need to be either fifth or sixth to make Europa League. But I don't think that is even cl- that's going to happen. So I think it's like pretty much locked in that we're going to be in Europa League next year unless somehow Burnley and Leicester... <laughs> finish off the season ahead of us which is not if that it's happens crazy to think i know that. yeah if that happens i wouldn't even be that surprised but uh I mean, we're closer to burnley than we are tottenham is that true yeah we are oh my god eight points from burnley 10 from tottenham wow man and i think and the funny thing is it wasn't the first wasn't the first match of the season against burnley and we, yep. which we lost and i was like wow is this is this gonna be one of those seasons and um I thought I was wrong, but it turns out I was spot on. It was definitely one of those seasons. Um, sure, I mean, surely, like, something has to happen over the summer. I mean, someone has to look at the club. Uh, there's no way Abramovich isn't, doesn't take at least one look at the club and just, you know, looks around at everybody and says, like, hey, I know I've been busy, but what the fuck just happened? <laughs> uh, you know, like, he's, been, he's been out of town this whole entire season. He just comes back and he's like, wait, what? I left you guys for a couple of months. What did you guys fucking do? Oh, my God. It's just it's, it's fucking embarrassing, man. So, I mean, we we have uh we have Southampton um coming up this uh this Saturday, and it's 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 a Premier League fixture. It's not the Premier it's League not the FA Cup matchup. That's that's so, the following week. So we're going to St Mary's Stadium. Luckily for us, Sam, it's a four thirty a.m. kickoff. Oh, so, so uh, I don't have to wake up for it. Is that what you're saying? No, no, I'm gonna wake <laughs> up for it, and, and I'm probably gonna regret it. I don't have it, to but, witness it. Yeah. Um, I mean, l- l- let's be fair, and this is a this is not a biased standpoint on Southampton, but they've been absolutely dreadful this year. 18th place in the Premier League table, um, three points away from safety behind uh, Crystal Palace. What do we need to do to win? I mean, not, it, it's not a matter uh... of it's not a matter of. Uh, uh, of us going into a difficult match by any stretch, but I mean, you're looking at a team that's fighting for relegation at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have some bite. Oh yeah, so, for sure. So what do we need to do? I just, uh, I mean, I think for sure we needed we need to net some goals. Um, I think it's just it would be a vi- it would be a great time for Hazard and Willian to rediscover their goal scoring form. Um, you know, should. Given, I mean, I'm assuming that it's going to happen, that Conte starts at the same fucking lineup as he has for the last three months. But, uh, you know, that, that I think that for start, I mean, it, it sounds like such a basic thing, but you'd be surprised um, with how, how much difficulty that we've had uh, finishing with the ball. Yeah, I mean, 
I'm looking at it from the uh, I'm looking at it from a different perspective. I see. I mean, obviously, we yeah, we have to score goals, but I'm looking at their goal scorers and Charlie Austin's back. And um, <laughs> to be honest, yeah, I know ooh, Charlie Austin, but I mean, to be completely honest with you, I actually kind of rate him. I think I think he's a decent striker, and he's a uh, he, he's definitely way too good to be uh on a team in a relegation scrap, you know, he, he came back last match from injury against Arsenal and he absolutely lit him up. Um, he, uh, he actually netted a goal, um, seventh of the season, but you know, it doesn't justify my statement that I'm about to make, but I'm going to make it anyways. And I just have a feeling that he's going to somehow hurt us. Like this match just reeks of, Charlie Austin skying in for a header over Gary Cahill. Like, you know, it just seems like it just seems like something like that's going to happen in this match. And maybe I just cursed it. Um, I hope I did it. But we know he's going to be a handful. And that's for sure. You know, he's a tall, strong um, and extremely hardworking center forward. And that's our kryptonite, I feel like. <laughs> it is. It definitely is. I mean, you look at how much we struggle against strikers like Jamie Vardy and uh you know, it, it, Charlie Austin is not Jamie Vardy by any stretch, but um, in terms of work rate and tirelessness, you know, he, he's cut from the same cloth. So, you know, he's going to look to expose us at any chance and, and he's constantly going to put pressure on us. Um, I think I think Southampton is going to be scary because they're going to go for it. You know, ties aren't going to do them much good at this point in the season and they're just going to have to go for wins. And they're going to look at Chelsea the last couple matches in the last couple months and think to themselves like, hey, you know, maybe we can get a Bournemouth and Watford's book. Um, you know, let's sit in in the first half, um, and and in the second half we'll go for it. And because you know they're they're for the taking, and you know it's just going to be one of those matches where we have to be wary of that. Yeah, sorry. Speaking of relegation, um, are you are are you? I, I don't know if you are excited, but I am. I'm kind of looking forward. Um, Fulham is, uh, probably going to get promoted next year. And I kind of miss that, uh, rivalry that we had going on. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. obviously a longstanding rivalry between us, but I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see them, uh, back in the premier league after a short stint in the championship. I think they're right now they're second. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I don't miss Fulham, but yeah, I, 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 I miss the matches. I miss the rivalry. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. And I mean, so back, sorry, back to this. Uh, Southampton, uh, you know they 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 have not been the same team once uh, Van Dyke left, of course. Um, so we don't know what to expect from that back three, but um, I think I mean sorry, their their back line, but um, I think that we need to take advantage of it. Um, and the best way to do that is with our wing backs. Um, you know, playing wide, uh, creating width, putting pressure on their back line at all times. Um. It, 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 Marcos Alonso and Victor Moses have been pretty subpar as of late. Um, and I don't think there's any excuse uh, to carry that into the Southampton match. Um, and I think that it might be a good time to to start playing Zapacosta. Um, I don't know who uh, over who. I'd probably put him in over Victor Moses. Um, but, you know, I, I would, I, I just creating some sort of competition. Um, I think is very important. I mean, it might be too late for that at this point, but um, I mean, what do you, what do you want to see out of this match, Zach? I mean, uh, definitely, definitely not Zappacosta, but or I Emerson, do, yeah. 
I would like to see Emerson. Yeah, okay, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think when he came on, he does look like he's a he's a very uh, how do I say it? He just he seems like he's a very hardworking, very committed footballer. Um, you know, he comes from a team like Roma that's very blue collar. Um, so you know, I think he could do a job for us. Maybe maybe him getting some time in over Alonso. Um, just to give Alonso a little rest because, I mean, to be honest, he just looks knackered. And, you know, even if he comes in on the right for Victor Moses, you know, um, that'll that'll definitely uh, give us a lot of wit because, you know, he's a player with pace and who loves to get forward and take players 1v1. Um, but one thing I don't want to see is Sesk in that midfield pivot again. <laughs> I don't know what I would do if I, saw him, if I saw him in that again. You know, it's just, again, it's not a knock on Sesk, you know, by any stretch. I love Sesk Fabregas. You know, and 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 I hope he stays here for another year or two. But he cannot play in that pivot. So you know, I want to see Danny Drinkwater, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, but maybe Bakayoko. Um, I, I think this match <laughs> is definitely a good shout for him, especially if we're going to commit um, a lot of bodies going forward and 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 look to hurt them early. I think we definitely need another player that's going to sit in with next to Angolo Conte, who could. Who can uh, provide some mobility and, and defensive structure for us? So, you know, going back to Drinkwater though, like, you know, what else does the guy have to do to get into the squad? It, you know, it's I don't think he's been that bad. No, he hasn't um, been. When when he played, I mean, obviously he had you know his his performances where he struggled more than the other, but overall, I think. I, I said it from the beginning, like he, he will do a job for us. Yes, I don't think he's Chelsea quality, but I mean compared to Sesk in that in that pivot, yeah. I think I think Drinkwater definitely deserves a shout for this match. Um and and, and again, I mean he's English, so so he'll understand the importance of going to uh, Southampton um and and the importance of people in LA waking up at four thirty AM to watch the game. Right? Uh, I surely I, I don't know if I will, Zach. I <laughs> And I don't even know if I'm. I have the guts to even make a prediction for this match. I, I, I will give them one last chance, Zach. One last chance to redeem any sense of hope that I have for the future. Didn't you say that last week as well, or am I mistaken? <sighs> Zach, come on, man! Don't put me under the bus. Like, I don't want to lose hope in this team, man. I, I mean, I mean, obviously, I have lost hope in this in this year, but. Just moving forward. I mean, this is this will be such a. Def- I, I I feel like I'm at my lowest right now. I can't even imagine how I will feel if uh, we end up losing this match to Southampton, a team just like you know, because I think West Ham they do have a lot of quality players, and in their preview you said beware of Charlie Austin. <laughs> like <laughs> that's what I, that's what we have to fear. Um, that's I'm, that's I'm what gonna, it's coming down to. I'm gonna I'm gonna. Marcus down winning, but it, it, I'm not even give it, I'm not going to give a score just because I don't feel confident in it at all, and I I don't know how to feel. What about you, Zach? Mm, that's fair enough. I'm going to go two 0 Chelsea. I just think Southampton's been dreadful this year, and yeah, oh yeah, so we, you know, we've been pretty even bad though, too. E- even though they they put two past Arsenal last last week, I mean, they both came off assists from Cedric Suarez, who hasn't really had a hand in very many goals this year. And uh, one of the goals was scored by Shane Long, who um, is probably the worst goal-scoring center forward in the modern footballing era. Wow. So, uh, you know, Come it's on, a – uh, 
I'm going to go 2-0 Chelsea. I think um, I don't even know who's going to score. I'm just saying 2-0 Chelsea. <laughs> I just have a feeling. You know what? I think Morata will score. Um, yeah, because, he, he uh, had it coming. He, he should have scored this past week. Exactly. So so I think I think he's going to be hungry. And I think actually Morata scores. And I think Giroud comes on as a sub and, and finally gets his first Premier League goal for Chelsea. So, uh, he still I hasn't mean, scored for us in the Premier League? Is that... Nope. Wow. He would have if uh, Joe that. Hart uh, didn't decide to turn into fucking Gigi Dude, Buffon. That in happens. Prime. I feel like that. We, I'd say that every every match we play against someone, their goalie just becomes odd, like just world class out of nowhere. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's odd, isn't it? It's just. I think yeah. This this past week, it it was. I think if it weren't for that great um, Manchester derby and uh, of course just the great Champions League play, yeah. Uh, you know, just uh, some good soccer. It would have been just one of the most dreadful weeks. Um, yeah, and and LAFC think... lost five nothing too. So, <laughs> are you are you an LAFC fan? How did you not know this? <laughs> Why would you be an LAFC fan? Because what... they're doing they're doing it the right way, man. They're they're not going after these big name. It's the first year, bro. Superstars. I know. It's, it's, I know. They don't, so give it time. The, I'm not saying we're going to win anything. Built, man. That's how the I'm that's not... the reason the MLS exists to bring bring over the the old players so they can be spectacle for hey, the If I told you that I wasn't going to buy tickets to go see Zlatan play the Galaxy, you're mistaking. Like Dude, of course I'm going to do that. Oh my god, but... that debut was just unreal. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Probably the greatest um, single-handedly, the, I think the greatest debut for any athlete in any sport. I think for any team, I'm not even kidding. That was just unreal. Yeah. Well. Anyways, I want to change the subject because I'm just getting more depressed. Dude, so, who cares about LAFC, bro? Who cares um, about MLS? Here's a. That's the end of our episode. So this is actually episode number 39, and uh, believe it or not, we have hit a milestone um, this week. Uh, we finally surpassed the 500 view slash downloads mark. Um, so yeah, for those of you that are laughing when I just said that. We are still a small scale podcast, and we're fucking proud of ourselves. So Let's suck go. it. Round of applause um, for ourselves. We yeah, that's a, a that's me clapping. Fantastic job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we've no. It's 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 a uh, it's really humbling. Yeah, to say the least. It's pretty it's pretty great how me and Zach got our parents to listen to it over five hundred times in a week. That's pretty cool because <laughs> they're the only well, people hey, who listen. Hey, <laughs> hey, don't give away our secrets. <laughs> um, but uh, no, no. Seriously, um, keep the interaction going on Twitter at Romans Empire Pod um we we've gotten a we've gotten a few emails here and there but um none of them were that great so send us a fucking good email tell us tell us something uh t- t- tell us how you became a chelsea fan tell us how you found us uh, yeah we'll this is you on guys you guys out. this is on you yeah, guys it's all on you guys it's your fault so it's you your fault do chelsea it. sucks um, lot, we're on we're on itunes we're on soundcloud we're on any uh third party uh platform hey, it's actually um, we actually just discovered that it that it's not called itunes podcast it's called like apple podcast wow no it's not a part of it's not it's sep- they've, sep- so they've separated themselves from itunes it's called the apple podcast mm-hmm. now so wow. i mean maybe maybe now that we've told people that uh people more people will, will listen to us they've, they've been like on itunes like where the hell is this podcast yeah i mean <laughs> who knows? so I, I hey i have android so i wouldn't be able to tell i mean i'm one of the smart people um <laughs> anyways uh, make sure to follow us give us shout outs make sure to tweet at us as well um, a, a really quick shout out to uh, Chelsea Fancast, Stanford Chidge, um, for all the support you've given us the last week. Also, oh, yeah. London Blue, London is Blue Pod. Um, Dan, Nick, and Brandon have 
always been like super supportive of us since day one and they continue to do so. So um, just a quick shout out to those guys. Uh, look forward to uh, future episodes, please. Um, one of these days, and he promised me we are going to get Dan Silver on the podcast. Yes. Um, so finally that's going to happen. And when it does, it's going to be epic. It's going to be great. And he's going to shit on us with his Chelsea knowledge because we know nothing compared to him. But anyways, um, until next week, episode number 40, uh, keep the blue flag flying high.